0: Okay, I'm gonna start off um, with, with a little bit of a family history. Um, I grew up in a, in, a, in a Catholic Italian family, the third um, oldest of 11 children. I contracted polio at 18 months of age, which left me with a limp. I was in and out of hospitals for diff- different orthopedic surgeries as a child. Um, you know, the stress on my mother always being pregnant, having to bring me back and forth. Um, And she wasn't too mentally stable, so she ended up being physically and emotionally abusive to me. I left home at 16 and a half years old. I married at age 23, had two daughters, went to nursing school, and became an LPN. Um, So now I'll go into the history of my addiction. of my food addiction when it started. Okay, so, the first time I remember falling in love with food, I was either three or four years old. Um, are we allowed to mention food at this meeting? Go ahead, Marianne, you okay. can do that. So, I was like three or four, and I remember my father dipping a piece of toast into his coffee, with it had butter on it, and, um, and giving it to me and, you know, I don't have many memories of my childhood, but that memory was so vivid, is is so vivid for me because it was almost like something went off in my brain. You know, the taste, it was just unbelievable. I mean, the fact that I remember that is incredible. Um, And then when I was in grammar school, I went to a Catholic grammar school and I used to go across the street from like fourth grade to maybe sixth grade, Uh, no, maybe fourth grade to eighth grade, or in between there, there was a store across the street and I used to go in and steal candy. And um, that, you know, like I said, I think that, I don't know how many years that went on. for. So I graduated from that school. And then um, another incident that I remember, which is such a funny incident, my mom had gone shopping and had bought grapes. And it was like this whole big pile of grapes that were in the refrigerator. And my sister and I, we we ate most of them. And we thought if we left a few of the grapes on there that it would be okay, you know, that they wouldn't notice that we had eaten them. Um, I don't really remember any more of that, but I just remember, you know, that and thinking how funny. We were so young, you know, when we were, you know, before fourth grade. And, um, you know, let me see what else. Uh, That, you know, I just, I was becoming a budding, I was finding love from the food. I got no love, so, except for my sister. So that was, you know, that was comforting to me, the food. This was starting to happen. And then I started smoking at age 14. So that kind of took over. I didn't have to really um, use food as much. Um, Then, so from around, I'll say from around 17 to 23, my main addiction was with cigarettes. And that was my anorexic period. I would smoke cigarettes, have coffee or uh, fruit juices. And um, my sister and I would fast for days. You know, back then we used to take Black Beauties. They were like like speed. And um, I wouldn't eat, you know, for days. And, uh, and I was really skinny, but I thought I was fat. I was like probably, I don't know, 120 pounds. And I really, I thought I was fat. You know, I had such a skewed body image. And me and my sister used to do this, you know. Then um, that was my only only anorexic period. Then between, I also want to mention that my father was a compulsive overeater and my mother was an anorexic. I did not know that until, until I was older. You know, my sister told me, you know, and then, you know, my mother wouldn't eat. And she also had this thing about it. Us eating extra food, and that was really—it uh, was real. It was a weird undercurrent of that—that that we shouldn't enjoy food so much. You know what I mean? That was kind of a screwy um, concept that I got. But um, so for, for then, for between ages 23 and 35, I used both cigarettes and food. Um, I had two children, and sad to say, used to say to my husband, "Oh, go ahead, take the kids to the park." So I could sit home and smoke cigarettes. Can you imagine? I mean, they, they were my best friend. I trusted nobody. I didn't even trust my husband. I trusted nothing and nobody. Cigarettes were my best friend. Then I quit smoking at 35 because I felt so guilty. I mean, I prayed morning, noon, and night that God would remove that addiction. And I'm telling you, and I tell everybody this, it was a miracle. I tried probably at least 50 times to quit smoking and I couldn't, and one day I woke up and God removed that addiction. It was, it was unbelievable, it was a miracle. I, I was like an, I was, I was an addict, like two packs a day, first thing in the morning, I, I chose them over my own children. Okay, so then my food addiction was in full force because I no longer had the cigarettes to stuff down my feelings, you know, now it was food. I started to gain weight. I gained weight after the kids. And um, let me just see. So I went away with my sister. And I remember the first meeting we went in and we didn't really, you know, we didn't get it. We didn't think anything of it. Then I, so throughout the years, I kept going to OA. you know, would leave. Oh, the first time I was like, I think I was 24. When I remember going in and losing the weight because I had, I had, well, I probably was, uh, who knows if I was heavy or not, but I lost weight. And then I left. Then I don't know what, what age I started coming back in and leaving, coming back in, but I never got it that it was a spiritual program. You know, I thought it was all about the food. So, um, finally, and like, I never really worked the steps. I don't know. Back then it was, you know, the stress was on the um, food plan you know did you break your abstinence and every Friday night I would have to call my sponsor because every Friday night I would um, binge and um, I was a nurse so when I would come I was perfect like my friends you say you're not a, how, what do you mean you're a compulsive overeater? you eat normally you know, they used to see me eat. and during the day I did eat normal but at night when I came home and I could let down my hair I didn't have to be misperfectionistic I was like a maniac, I would go straight to the fridge, I would move from, I was a grazer, I would move from one thing to to the next. Um, Then finally, in I think it was either 2017 or 2018, I came back to OA and it was a totally different story. It was all about the steps, it was about the big book. Um, And I hadn't gotten that before, you know? And so, let me just see. Okay, so when I came into OA and had, you know, and got it, started working the steps with a sponsor, and um, it was no longer about the food. I mean, I do, let me tell you, I have a food plan. I believe in trigger foods. I have certain, I don't eat sugar, and I don't eat um, white processed foods. You know, it's like alcohol for me. If I take that first bite, I'm just off and running. Um, I text my food plan to my sponsor in the morning. Um, I belong to a, a WhatsApp group and she's in South Africa. And um, you know, every day I answer, you know, I go on that app and I answer questions from the big book. And um, and I also go on the phone meetings. So um, also very important, so, Okay, so very important for me are the tools, you know, and they're listed here. Um, I try to use most of the tools. um, And I think I'll talk a little bit about my action plan. So the first thing I do in the morning before I get out of bed is I pray steps one, two, and three. Um, And then I go have my coffee and uh, that's when i send my food over to my sponsor and then you know at some point i go back in bed and i um i you know i'm catholic i say the rosary or whatever and and then i pray and meditate you know to my higher power and i ask him you know god what is your will for me today and how can i be of service um just trying to see what else I have here? I'm sorry. So um, I I am a sponsor and I have a sponsor. Um, I was doing service by moderating, and what happened was, you know, it was a seven o'clock beginners meeting, and nobody used to share on that meeting and. Like it really started to get to me. I got very, um, like, I realized that my, like, my inner child was so fearful, and it was stressing her out tremendously. And I know that you know, I no matter how much I got to remove my fear, it was just, it was something that I, I realized that I couldn't do anymore. I had to respect my inner child and what she was feeling. And um, so I stopped moderating, but I do the dash for certain meetings, for the phone meetings. And maybe one day I'll get back to moderating. I don't know. But, um, you know, I have learned that, yes, I must work these steps, do the tools, and um, read the big book. To me, the big book is, you know, has taught me so much. So so let me speak about the spiritual part of it that I have learned. so I, I lived my life without a higher power and I was religious on, you know, church on Sunday said the rosary, all that stuff, but I had absolutely no relationship with a higher power. And, um, the higher power of my understanding was a punishing God whom I didn't even like or trust. So of course I had no higher power, but when I came back to away, I was so sick of, of you know, running the show of being the, the be all and end all in my life. That's when I started to realize, you know, um, that first step, um, we admitted we are powerless of food, that our lives had become unmanageable. I didn't know my life was unmanageable. I had no clue about that. And reading the big book and going through the steps taught me that. And um, when I got to step two, that was the hardest step for me because I had to find, you know, a high, a new higher power, you know, and my higher power. And it took me like two months. Thank God my sponsor was very patient with me. Um, and my higher power today is a very unconditionally loving higher power. And um, I do let him run the show. I, I, before I do anything in my day, I, I asked my higher power, you know, what his will is for me. And I, I used to be, you know, to do whatever I wanted, rush through life. I, I, I never, you know, knew about a higher power and knew that he would lead me in the right direction in better directions than I was going, you know? Um, So my, you know, and I noticed too that if ever I'm slacking off on any of those tools or the steps or whatever, I see my personality change. You know, right away I catch it. You know, I may snap at my husband or and I say, "Oh, what's going on here?" You know, and um, maybe I'm not making enough meetings or or whatever. You know, so um, I've become more humble. You know, I depend on my higher power. You know, I no longer depend on Miriam for everything. Um, what else? Um, Mary do you see the timer up? Five more, oh, minutes. five more minutes. Okay. I'm just trying to think if I'm forgetting anything. Um, you know, OA has changed me. It's changed my life. It's changed who I am, how I react to people. Um, oh, I wanted to read this last thing in closing. I wanted to read this. Um, This is a recovery meditation from my WhatsApp group written by a compulsive overeater. And here it is. Step 11 tells us to seek prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. For me, that is a daily, sometimes minute by minute task. As a food addict and compulsive overeater, I face temptations daily and need to be in fit spiritual condition to resist. I do this by making a daily conscious contact with the God of my understanding. Then I'm connected when I need the foxhole prayers like help me or I'm in trouble. Step 11 to me is a spiritual discipline to be practiced daily. I do not do that perfectly, but I aspire to connect daily with my God. As I connect, I pray for his will for my life and the power to carry that out. It is easy to get selfish with my prayers and step 11 helps me with this. There are certain things that I know are his will, such as attending meetings, talking to my sponsor, using the tools and staying connected to my God. If I am unsure, I pray for God's will and leave the rest to him. One day at a time, I will maintain a fit spiritual condition by connecting with the God of my understanding. And that was written by Carolyn. Um, And and that to me really sums up um, the most important part of my program is having a connection with my higher power and um, knowing that he wants the best for me. I don't have to be perfect. Um, You know, I just do my best with his, his grace and his help. And um, I think, that's probably going to be it for me. So thank you so much for asking me to share my story. This is only my second time. (laughs) Um, Thank you all. Thanks, everybody.